0: hey what's up guys welcome to the xp podcast level 22 my name is rob and i'm joined by my co-host adam how are you doing today adam
1: hello i'm doing pretty good it's been a, a pretty good day uh it's cold but other than yes. that you know it's uh it's quite lovely
0: dude the weather over here in texas has completely just like shifted mm-hmm. and, it, and it's it's been cold it's been rainy Mainly cold, not so much of the rain part, and I've really been enjoying it. because yeah. I love the fall slash winter time. Yeah, it's been great. I'm but actually looking forward to another like ice apocalypse where no one can go anywhere because that was a little fun too.
1: <laughs> it's it's very crisp out there right now. It's pretty great. (laughs)
0: yeah it is it is it is uh those who are watching those who are listening thank you for joining us here on the xp podcast this is your bi-weekly casual podcast where we talk about all things video games and bring topics to the table to discuss for your amusement if you have any questions comments concerns topics or corrections let us know in the comments section or reach out to us on twitter at ambitious casual or you can email us at xp podcast at ambitious casual.com and uh those who are listening on the podcast those who are watching on youtube utilize the timestamps so that way uh, you can just jump to the content that you want to. Cause we know that not everybody has all the time in the world to listen to an entire podcast. So mm-hmm. use those they're there for you.
1: But as always,
0: if you skip anything, you're skipping on some
1: really, really good stuff.
0: Uh, am, am I, am I right Adam?
1: You're you're right. As always the skipping around while it is a service we gladly provide at the same time, we ha- we cannot let it go without saying that you are missing great content. If you skip
0: <laughs> totally, totally, totally. Uh, before we get into the actual show, I do want to uh, say that on the last podcast, and I said this before on Spotify or on the Anchor app, uh, I will be posing questions on there that way that those who are listening can go and answer them. And you can even answer them in the comment section of the YouTube channel as well. We'll go check those out. Um, and the question was talking about what are your thoughts on the Uncharted movie trailer? We got one response by John MB and uh, his response was very meh. Typical video game movie. And uh, I think for us, as a matter of fact, Austin's not here. He went to go. He was watching The Eternals. Totally forgot to announce that. Mm -hmm. So he got tickets for The Eternals. But I'm pretty sure him along with us, two can kind of agree. Yeah, it kind of looks like a typical video game movie at face value. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Let's get right into the quick bits. I want to start off with the first big actually you know what let's see the big one to the end because that was that was mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. i want to hit on a couple things real quick uh ubisoft brings splinter cell back this comes from video games chronicle uh written by jordan midler i'm not going to read the entire article guys every single thing that we talk about the sources will be in the show notes so make sure you guys go check those out if you want to dig in deep into what we are talking about and on top of all of that uh Video Games Chronicle, I just want to say, is become my number one source when I go to video game news now. Like it used to be IGN and then I would cross-reference to a bunch of different sites sure. to see where they were referencing. Video Games Chronicle is like my one-stop shop now. Uh they're great. I love them. They do awesome work over there. And uh, they kind of uh, talked about in the article that, you know, Jeff Grubb and a couple other people uh in regards to Games Beat and even VGC as a whole have been talking about the fact that it's been, you know, those that they are in touch with are saying that a Splinter Cell prototype is actually in the works. And uh, those who have seen it has said that it looks and works kind of like the 2016 Hitman reboots. And we just recently got the newest Hitman at the beginning of this year, which I actually enjoyed. But um, the one thing I do want to say was this. Um, By the small amount of times that they've talked about and the things that they've been discussing about this game, I'm not quite hyped with the idea of the fact that it is looking and playing like Hitman. And the only reason why I say that is one reason and one reason only. And this is my quick bit for this story. Is the fact that Splinter Cell was kind of like the... It, it was the, the arch enemy, not enemy, but it was the rival to Metal Gear. It mm-hmm. was always Metal Gear Solid and Splinter Cell. It was always those two. They had their fans. And unfortunately, and this is not because of the fact that I'm a Metal Gear fan. I just think in regards to gameplay, Metal Gear just got it got it right, especially if you've played Metal Gear Solid 5, which in my opinion, not saying Metal Gear Solid 5 story is great. It is a mess. I can totally agree to the fact that the story is a mess, but the gameplay is unlike any gameplay in any video game. It is literally some of the tightest gameplay, like the uh, the things that you can do and the how how thorough the many different stuff that you can do, man, inside of metal gear Solid five is unbelievable that I always think about going back and playing it. I'm the kind mm. of person that only plays games one time. So I really don't do that, but I've been wanting to go back and play with it. And so when I hear them say that they want to kind of make it feel like hitman, hitman is very stiff. Adam, have you played any of the newer hitman games or, or any of the previous hitman games?
1: I, I, well, I did play a couple of the PlayStation two ones, or at least one of them. Oh, so nice. like, you know, pretty way back in the day. I haven't played a lot of the contemporary yeah. models. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I know that they, they make those a lot more probably, I guess what we, we, you would say sandboxy. So I, you know, I, if I'm having like no point of reference for MGS or for Splinter Cell, I feel like that stuff's probably maybe a little bit more, I don't know, hand, not handcrafted, but it just feels Maybe a little bit smoother because they're not having to count for every totally. single thing.
0: Totally, totally. And I think what was the the big thing about the Hitman games that I think they were trying their best not to compete with Metal Gear because they knew that they couldn't do it, and that is a bad thing. They just they don't want to kind of copy. Hitman has always been pushing in the fact that you can tackle certain things multiple different ways, and usually with Metal Gear, and I'm, and this is majority of the games before five. Everything was very linear. You did things a certain way to get to this one point. That's it. Mm-hmm. And there was stuff thrown out in it. Metal Gear Solid 5 completely changed the game in regards to the fact that you can literally tackle camps. You can do uh, and, and the AI was so smart. If you were take if you're knocking guys out with headshots in one certain area over and over and over again, the AI will be smart. And then the next time you go to that area, all of them were wearing helmets. And then it just reacted to everything that you did. And so my one thing is this. I just think if is gonna bring back you, uh, Splinter Cell, they need to bring it back the right way. They need to come back strong. I don't think copying Hitman is the correct thing to do. I literally think they should literally be making the game and have mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid 5 right next to them as a reference because I think that is what they need to do. Because if they do that, not only will you obviously bring back Splinter Cell in such a grand way, but I think you even have the ability to get some Metal Gear Solid fans to play with Splinter Cell because of the fact that Metal Gear is dormant right now, for all we know. Sure. So that's my thoughts on that one. Uh, next thing on the quick bits is Netflix Games is here. Today, it is here. I know for a fact it's on Android, and I think on iOS it's coming soon. So, But it, this comes straight from Twitter, and this is what they said. Here are the five games available to download and play, with a whole lot more coming. And then, uh, actually, I had so much more on this, but I don't know. I think I deleted it by accident. Um, the games that are coming, whenever you access Netflix on your phone, You literally will just go to another tab within the app that is Netflix games and the games that we can play so far, which Adam, I think you kind of brought this up before when we talked about Netflix games, what games will be on there. You literally said stranger things, the two stranger things games that they have stranger things, 1984 and stranger things three. They have a game shooting hoops. They have a game card blast and teeter up. This is like a very small selection of very simple games that really don't call for much power. So I think this is them trying to get away with it a little bit and build up the foundation before the even like they just acquired Night School Studios. Yeah. And the fact that they acquired them and they don't have a game yet kind of tells me that they're still working out the kinks in the back end to actually run a game like Night School Studios. What do you yeah,
1: think? Yeah. I I would agree with you. These games, I don't know what the last three are and their names don't grab me in any way, being like something no. to check out. I think Netflix. Potentially could do some really cool stuff here. I think of the Telltale uh Walking Dead games and how successful totally. those were, especially as a mobile totally. game, and you know, which are a lot more narratively dri- driven. And to me, that would probably be a better direction to start with marrying up some of their IP um that they've made and and kind of doing more narrative-driven games that are like in the universe of whatever thing or side stories of whatever show that or movie that they've come out with. So, well, I mean, we'll have to see how this does, but I mean, I don't have any interest in playing these at the moment.
0: Totally. Totally. Even if this was on iOS, I may have just popped oh, yeah, in just not. to see what it. It's not even on iOS. It's on, iOS like, it's it's on Android. Android. Yeah. So if this was on iOS, I would have just popped in just to just check it out. But then I, I, I can promise you, I would never go back to it. Unless there was some bigger game on there that would call me in. And my last point on this, what's funny about this is the fact that, and the fact that you bring up Telltale. If Netflix was going to get ahead of this like two years earlier, there was a good chance that they could have acquired Telltale because that would have been the perfect like collab between the two of them because their games kind of work together. So maybe there's something uh, in regards to that partnership maybe in the future we can see because that makes more sense than every other game i could think about so far along with night school studios which kind of makes sense as well just because they're more artsy fartsy and they're simpler games yeah and lastly on the quick bits we have elden ring gameplay trailer adam i want you to start off with this one i literally just saw this right before we went live and mm-hmm. uh, the trailer came out today the day they were recording so adam i want to start with you what are your thoughts on everything that you saw from the trailer?
1: I think my general attitude is probably the same as it has been. Just, I don't know, with more intensity. I'm excited with some apprehension. I really want to see how the open world aspect turns out. A lot of the history with From Software um, and their games has been these very kind of tight knit, interconnecting, overlapping areas. And I am very excited to say that they showed bits of that in the trailer so they have these throughout the open world there are these different dungeons caves castles that are very much that interwoven navigating through unlocking shortcuts that lead back and that stuff's awesome the combat looks to continue to be an evolution of what they've done in the past it is in my opinion more of the uh, dark souls kind of pacing it's not fast like Bloodborne or uh, Sekiro, or at least not as fast. And right. so, but they've evolved it so much like all the different magic options look cool. The mo- uh mounted combat looks like it's really cool. um I'm assuming that they've improved on different actual game design elements, such as like collision and stuff like that, which will make it feel smoother and feel like you have totally better options and don't have to cheese bosses uh, just to beat them. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm excited. And then they added stuff like crafting, you know, so you're gathering resources and then crafting yeah. like ammo and stuff. And so very interested to see how some of these more like RPG elements also work out too. Dude, so. I,
0: I, by looking at the trailer, I will say one thing I, I was in, I'm hoping that well, not hoping there, there is some artifacting going on with this, the resolution of it being shown off on YouTube I'm not, I, I can't give that 100%, like the benefit of the doubt though, because I do see some videos on YouTube that look high res and they look good. This just didn't look too high res to me. So I'm, again, I'm not judging in on that. I'm just going to wait till I actually have the game in my hands and then I'll judge it based off of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, the video was not high res enough for me. Yeah. Um, and I think in regards to, there's moments where you can see an overview of like, you're standing on the top of this high cliff and you're looking out. The, there's moments where that looks nice. I think there's other moments where I was like, man, it just doesn't look as nice as I would like it to look.
1: Yeah. Um, I, would you agree on that? Yeah, I would. I, w- I would say that's always been the case with their games is compared to what else is being developed at the same time. They're, yeah, yeah. they're never, their focus is never on the visual fidelity in my right, opinion, right. there's so many other things that they're concerned about and they, they just, they choose to devote their resources other places. So like, this isn't going to look as good as demon souls remake. Like it, it's oh, not totally, um, totally, but it still looks way better than, uh, I think dark souls three was the last one I played. Like this still looks like a huge improvement over that. Obviously a huge improvement over, um, you know, demon souls or, uh, dark souls, remastered still you know like it it looks like it's gonna of course be progressing it's just not in line with the other games coming out and that's i think most fans of the genre are and those games are cool with that
0: i'm hoping that i mean i i think it's safe to say and i think they've i don't know if they've they've noted this before but the game was obviously in production on a ps4 on last Mm -hmm. gen hardware because this game has been in production for a while so it is being kind of like up res, not, I don't know. It's, it's kind of being moved up on a next gen hardware. Not, I don't know if it's necessarily being um, curated for PS5 and for Xbox Series X and that kind of stuff. I'm hoping though there might, that might be the case. And then when we get mm-hmm. it, there's options for performance or fidelity. That'd be cool. I will say it is weird because I can't even say the, the game is nothing like Bloodborne. The game is nothing like Sekiro. I agree with you. It is a lot like Dark Souls, mm-hmm. but with a jump button. And yeah. I don't even want to say I don't even want to say it's like Sekiro cuz Sekiro is way more movie and fast and everything and sure. fast and everything it's nothing like that. It's just dark souls with jumping. That's not a bad thing. And I think what's interesting is that dude, some of the powers that they showed off in that trailer, like this hyper beam or uh there was a moment where you could see a co-op co-op play mm-hmm. which looks way more integrated than it did just based off of looking at It looks way more integrated than all the other previous From Software games. But one of the characters had like this, like I don't know, this weapon that was like the head of a dragon shooting out yeah. fire, yeah. and then another scene where your character had a sword that was like a light beam that went up into the sky, yeah. and then you slashed down. I've never seen any of that in any of the From Software games, in my opinion. I I could be wrong. I haven't I haven't played through all of Dark Souls two or three, and they may have shown stuff like that, but I haven't seen anything that looked that stylized mm-hmm. before and from Software. So I'm excited to see what they have in store. They kind of showed a lot, mm-hmm. but it kind of shows to me that it looks like they showed a lot, but I'm sure there's a lot more that we're not seeing. And that's what makes me extremely yeah. excited. Yeah. So, do you have anything else you want to add in regards to Elden Ring before we hop off?
1: Uh, just super excited. Try not to be too excited because there's always yeah, totally. a chance that you'll get disappointed. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it is what it is. But yeah, it looks, totally. I'm, I am excited. So,
0: Cool, cool. I am totally there with you as well. Moving on to the topics of the show, guys. We're talking about Xbox, 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 and uh, some PlayStation. So let's start from the top. This comes by way of GamesBeats' Jeff Grubb. Uh, it's, the title is Xbox is Developing Cloud MMO. And here's what they have to say. F- uh, f- okay, Fine-ish finish. studio mainframe. Finish, thank you. Uh, which is supposed to be like from Finland, I'm guessing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Finnish Studio Mainframe is working on a cloud native, massively multiplayer online adventure for Xbox Studios. That's according to reporter Jez Corden on the Xbox Two podcast, and it's something that I've separately confirmed through independent sources. Mainframe's game goes by the working title PAX Day, and it's something that people on the Xbox team are excited about for multiple reasons. Cloud native here means that players can access the same game through any device. The studio is also exploring potential gameplay mechanics that can only work in a game that exists primarily on a remote server. One key concept, however, is the mechanic scale in terms of complexity. While anyone can do anything in PAX Day on any device, certain tasks will make more sense depending on where you are playing. So if you're on your phone at work, you can open up the game and quickly do some crafting or resource farming. Then... When you get home to your PC or console, you can take on some of the more complex missions like raids. But key Xbox figures are also excited about PAX Day because of its value in highlighting hurdles with cloud-based development. The hope among those at Microsoft is that PAX Day can create an opportunity to set up best practices for this kind of game. And then other studios can run that same playbook in the future. This last part, I'm not quite, I think this is all Jeff Grubbs. Uh, This is him thinking... In regards to what he's heard. This has nothing to do with uh, Jez Corden on the Xbox 2 podcast. I just want to make this one clear because this mm-hmm. is not confirmed. I think this is just him like assuming and putting pieces together. The last part to this uh, Game Speed article is, in particular, Xbox is hoping to use those lessons with Hideo Kojima's potential upcoming Xbox game. Kojima and Microsoft are still finalizing a deal, but the Xbox team is lining up resources to aid the renowned Japanese designer. In June, Microsoft hired Kim Swift to oversee cloud games and to work with Kojima on his project. Adam, what is your thoughts on this MMO being developed for Xbox? Everything that I'm hearing seems pretty rad, and it's mm-hmm. interesting because of the fact that we just got a we just got an MMO, New World by Amazon, right. and that is like the newest big thing. When I'm on when I see Twitch, some of the big guys are, are playing that game. It's all over the place. What do you think about this Xbox is trying to get into the into the field of MMOs? What are your thoughts?
1: Well, MMOs are I feel risk, risky, I guess you'd say it it's always going to be kind of hit or miss whether the player base is there and sticks around and that honestly writes the story a lot for totally. the you know how how well a game does. Obviously, you know Final Fantasy 14 um, Thinking the same thing. You know, I think they drew, you know, had a lot of draw because it's Final Fantasy, you know. So they were, you know, even though they stumbled at the beginning, they were able to like bring it back. Um, you know, obviously Anthem was a total flop. Yeah. Um oh, yeah. Destiny, Destiny is awesome and it's great, but they've had multiple stumbles along the way and and they've done a good job course correcting. So in terms of Xbox making a cloud MMO, I understand. I think it's a good tool to have in the tool belt and in terms of like your library of games especially the fact that hey you know if they bring this out it's going to be on Game Pass right so they you know they probably feel pretty confident about being able to get the buy-in initially for the game because of Game Pass so that's something that I think they have going for them so it makes sense I think Xbox probably feels the need for some MMOs uh, in terms of their their stable of games
0: yeah and i think what's interesting about this is what this shows is the fact that we don't see a lot of mmos come to consoles we've been Mm -hmm. seeing that slowly over the years i mean uh, final fantasy 14 is on playstation i've played it it's i mean it's you can play on a controller i'm sure tons of people play on controller but i had to connect a a keyboard and mouse to it because it just felt It felt more Mm -hmm. natural that way. Another game is Black Desert. Black Desert is on every single console. It's on Xbox. It's on PlayStation. That's a massive MMO. Yeah. Elder Scrolls as well. So these are starting to become more and more. And I think what this is telling me is the fact that one, Xbox really is in a weird position and a good position because they have Game Pass for not only consoles, but also for cloud and also for PC. Mm -hmm. So they're setting themselves up in a way where they're not really caring much about the consoles. They're counting. They care more about the software, you know? And I think that's where they need to put their brain because Mm -hmm. they need to win people over with games. And so I totally agree with you. The MMO sounds cool. I love the sound of it scaling, like the way that that will work if the cloud works perfectly. But it's interesting because I wonder what does that look like in regards to the scaling? Like, with the game be? because I feel like um and I mean we'll talk about it later but mm-hmm. I was playing Moonglow Bay on cloud Xcloud and also on my on my uh console but the thing is it doesn't de-res itself on Xcloud it's just playing it what it's supposed to look like on your phone and if for some reason your internet's not strong enough to boost that kind of signal and that kind of fidelity it's just going to stutter and so I wonder if this is like their first step into being like, okay, we need to make xCloud smart enough to read and to be able to adjust sliders on a game to know, okay, this is going through xCloud. Let's start adjusting the sliders of resolution in regards to uh, depth of field, in regards mm-hmm. to shaders, that kind of stuff to make it run better or maybe run well enough on your phone to do certain tasks. Is that what you think they're, the route that they're going on?
1: I mean, it it could be when they talked about like doing certain tasks um, on their phone. It The context I got more of was not from a being strapped for power or Internet, which I mean, you could be if you're on like, you know, some places are spotty. But just the fact of like, I only have 15 minute break and I don't really have time to do some of the more, I guess, mainline content. And so it's like, but, you know, I can grind out some stuff, you know, resource catches, stuff like that. And so it'd be interesting to see how they, if they're developing with that goal in mind, it it makes me really interested to see what that actually looks like in the game. Because it's like, okay, if you're on your console or on your PC, is that a task that you will never have to do at that point? Or it's like, if you do have to do it, it's very dumbed down or it looks completely different than when you do it on your phone so yeah there's a lot of different options they could go with here uh in terms of that goes but i don't know the the scale this scaling stuff is cool obviously if they're the more that they run in cloud and and i don't know if they talk about here or other places but um kind of deploying like machine learning and ai to kind of do a lot of cool things in terms of Tailoring the game to like the individual player a little bit more. I think, was it Ubisoft that's kind of like patented some of that stuff before in terms of yes. like the scaling difficulties and stuff like that? So, totally. I mean, yep. There's yep. options that they could yep. explore with the whole cloud thing. And, and the other thing, too, since I, I think that, you know, I don't, Machine Games, or sorry, Mainframe is not an Xbox owned studio. They're just doing it like a second party basically Correct. agreement or something like that okay yeah it, it's interesting cuz you know they talk about laying the groundwork and like the the blueprint for stuff going forward in terms of cloud development they can very easily kind of package up some of those some like programs and stuff like that in terms of like hey if you want to add this kind of difficulty sa- scaling ai to your you know game if you're like working through like the azure um platform as a service environment it's like another game developer could just quickly buy that module and start running with it and like plug it into what totally. they're working with and uh, you know of course totally. and do that but i mean that's one of the big advantages of like the cloud platforms is being able to share stuff like that
0: yeah i totally agree and the last bit that i want to hit on in regards to this i mean he, Jeff grab. I, th- I don't know if he made the, the last part in regards to Kojima, I, I kind of take it that that was kind of the clickbait for the article to kind of get people into it. Because I, I honestly, uh, me personally, I have no idea what Kojima would be working on that is calling for cloud. Like mm-hmm. Kojima is just not that kind of guy that he's like, oh, I need to make a game that's just for cloud gaming. He's never been that kind of person. He has thought he has been the kind of guy where like when PT was being talked about. He was the kind of guy that was like, uh, maybe the game can link up to your Twitter or your phone number or stuff like that. And it will send things to you. Like he has messed with stuff like that. But in regards to making a game regarding cloud, I just, I cannot understand what is it that Kojima wants to do that needs a strong cloud presence. And Xbox is like, all right, well, let's start working on the foundation to, to convince Kojima to do that with us. Cause we, I know he's doing something with PlayStation. There's like. And I'm saying I know because, and mm-hmm. not that I know. There's no sources out there. I, Guys, the Video Game Awards are literally uh, not even f- five weeks away. I swear to God, there's going to be a trailer for what Kojima's working on next there. I swear to God. Um, and it's with PlayStation. But I just, I don't know. That last part, I'm just kind of like, I don't know what necessarily what is cloud, Kojima, and Xbox. All that means. It might make sense in the future. But right now, I just really don't understand any of that. Mm-hmm. If I was Xbox, I'd be like, just get a game on the console first before we start talking about anything weird with cloud. So that's that's all I got to say about, about that. Um, sticking with Xbox, let's move on to Xbox and Sega. We got this story that came out, and it's it's interesting. There's been a lot of mm-hmm. talk about it, and some people making it seem as if this is not really that big of a deal. Some of them are kind of like, this is maybe a lot bigger than we think it is. This comes by way of IGN's Matt Perslow. Xbox and Sega announced a, quote, strategic alliance. And this is what the article says. Sega and Microsoft announced that they have agreed to a, quote, strategic alliance, end quote, that will see Sega produce games built on Microsoft's Azure cloud platform. And now in a press release, Sega explained that the agreement is part of the company's, quote, super game, end quote, initiative, which aims to create, quote, new and innovative, end quote, games with a focus on global online communities. And then um, this is a Sega statement. They say this proposed alliance represents Sega looking ahead. And by working with Microsoft to anticipate such trends as they accelerate further in future, the goal is to optimize development processes and continue to bring high quality experiences to players using Azure cloud technologies, end quote. And then, um. Azure, just to clarify for some people who do not know, Azure is Microsoft's cloud computing service. It should be noted that Azure offers a variety of software, platform, and infrastructure services. And so Sega's use of Azure does not necessarily point to Sega's working on games played in the cloud or a cloud gaming service. The cloud is being used for many aspects of cloud de- of game development, including mm-hmm. AI. And so Sega and Microsoft's partnership has many potential outcomes. And just to end note before we even go deeper into what I put, PlayStation. Has a deal with Microsoft to utilize Azure. So, if to some, you can look at it as a, that doesn't mean PlayStation is making games for the cloud. No, they're using the, they're just using the service at face value. Now, Adam, before we continue on, Mm -hmm. with this story as a whole, what does this look like to you? Does this look like Sega and Xbox, this utilizing Azure is, and the front, it can look like, hey, we're just utilizing the service, but do you think there's a lot more to it?
1: No. <laughs> I I know really? it's not. I don't know. I don't think there's any anything super deep to it. I don't think this means there's not something else going on. I just don't think it's connected necessarily or that they're strictly tied together, right? You know, I think Sega is probably exploring, you know, they're going to explore other options or explore options in terms of how they develop games and part of that might be selling part of that is this whole thing with looking to utilize Azure um, services that Microsoft provides but I think in terms of this story I think you can separate out that this doesn't have to do with anything like in terms of Xbox and Sega together this is just like mm-hmm. Sega and Microsoft as a uh, tech company having the relationship together so there's a um, as I say you know because you're using Azure stuff that doesn't mean you're just making like a, a game that runs on the cloud um sure in terms sure. of just like game development or, uh, or or software development in general there's so much about the software development life cycle that's improved and made easy and made faster just by using Azure services to deploy code to share code to um kind of uh push code through like the different pipelines of of um kind of like building it and merging it together with other people's code and even from that standpoint if that's just something Sega hasn't done before uh you know and they're going to start doing it that's cool for them but then you know like i said there's different kind of i guess cloud um or services or cloud software that you you can kind of like buy that other people have done and it's a lot easier to implement there's the aspect of you could set up, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little technical here, but like you can no, set you're... up virtual machines, right? In a, data, in a data center. So basically you could say, I want to, you know, I, I have this build of the game. I'm going to quickly deploy it out to this virtual machine I've set up that is specced out to be Xbox Series X hardware, right? And so mm. you're not having to mess around with dev kits. You can like play around with a lot of different, uh, hardware configurations very easily so if you're trying to develop your game for a lot of different platforms like that really helps out a lot so there's just a lot of things and you know what it says about developing games that's made easier or kind of gives you unlocks like i don't know better features um kind of helps you make a better game just by using their services so and totally sony uses their services actually sony uses i think i think they still use azure but then some of sony uses aws amazon's web yeah stuff so it's yeah, like totally. you know people shop around they do a little bit here and there i don't think this strictly means that something is happening with sega and xbox but like it could be but i don't think it's
0: yeah i would have to, to- i totally agree with everything that you said I think there is a little bit more to this though as well. I think when we saw the beginning of Game Pass start flourishing and when it was released, we saw a slew of Sega games come to the to the service. One of those being the Yakuza series. Mm-hmm. And with Sega even coming out around that time scene, this is a whole brand new like revival of Yakuza that we haven't seen in a very long time. And I think what's going I think what very well could be going on everything that you said true. I think on top of that, I feel like Xbox needs that foot into the Japanese culture. They need to get in. They're not doing well. And mm-hmm. I know there was numbers that were released that Xbox didn't even hit like the 100, th- barely hit the 100,000 in regards to sales in Japan. Like they're not really Japan like loved. Like Japan is all about Nintendo, PlayStation. That's it, you know? And so, mm-hmm. and handhelds as well. Hence the reason why Switch is blowing up. I think what's going on here and what is a smart move is the fact that if they kind of fully integrate Sega, a big Japanese company, into the cloud space, give them access to Azure, allow them to mess around with it, and really get good at it, allowing for all Sega games to be played, maybe in the future, via like the cloud, allowing for the Japanese culture who loves handhelds to play Sega games on their phone, I mm. think that's a boost. Okay. On top of all of that. Yeah. On top of all that, I think when when PlayStation... And Microsoft joined in regards to the deal regarding Azure. We didn't see anyone from PlayStation come out and say anything. Yeah. My thing right here is we have Sarah Bond. She is a CVP and her job at Microsoft is not Microsoft necessarily. It is Xbox. She's the one that curates all the games regarding Game Pass and bringing games onto Game Pass. And she had a quote, and this is what she says. Sega has played such an iconic role in the gaming industry and has been a tremendous partner over the years. We look forward to working together as they explore new ways to create u- unique gaming experiences for the future using Microsoft Cloud Technologies. Together, we will reimagine how games get built, hosted, and operated with the goal of adding more value to players and Sega alike. I feel like the value part easily from her standpoint as someone who does game pass. There's a good chance that, again, these are not facts. This is just me grabbing by what she says. Value games, value to the Game Pass service as a whole. And she also tweeted out the same day, my love for Sega and their games dates back to playing on my Dreamcast. It's been a delight to lead our partnership with Sega, and I'm thrilled to take it to the next level, Mm -hmm. creating novel gaming experiences using the power of Azure. Can't wait to share more in the future. I think if you're saying that Sega is just utilizing Azure, and Sega literally says everything in the statement. What does the next level even mean then? If they're just making games utilizing Azure, I think there's more to this partnership. I'm hoping that this means that there's a close partnership between Xbox and Sega because I think they need it. Like PlayStation, sure. they're from Japan. They have all the they have all the connections that they need. Xbox needs Japan. They need Sega. So I yeah. think this is a good partnership for them.
1: Do you think Microsoft will try to acquire Sega, or has been trying to acquire Sega? For th- for I that matter, that my- for that matter, did <laughs> Microsoft try to acquire Konami? You know, totally,
0: totally. I Are- think honestly, I-, I think honestly, what's going on here is, it, I-, I I wouldn't deny that Phil Spencer must have had a conversation with the people at Sega. Like I, that- that's had to have happened. Because of the fact that I mean, there's stories from years ago when Microsoft wanted to go buy Nintendo and, and they were they just laughed at them like, what are you what? What are you talking about? Um, and so I there had to have been a conversation going on. Mm-hmm. If 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 anything, I think this is I think this is a, ch- a strategic move for Microsoft and Xbox to be like, Hey, let's just butter up this relationship a bit. Let's just let's just really, really make let's become buddy buddies and then it gets to a point where we're like, Hey, want here's the sum of money. Let's Aquaria. You. you remember what we did with Yakuza? You remember what we did in regards to our cloud game stuff? Come on, this makes sense, right? I think that's what they're doing. And I think it's, mm. it's very smart, you know? It's very smart. So, uh, uh, Adam, do you have anything else before we move on from this story?
1: I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I'm excited to see what they do. Like, maybe we'll get, I don't know, some good Sonic games.
0: Yeah, no, totally, dude. I, and I know that they even talked about, in regards to, like, super games or whatever it was called. And it's their strategy to make some games that are big nationwide oh, yeah. with low costs or yeah, big, big cost games with low um expanse or whatever. So they have a whole strategy and hopefully they can deliver on that. And we can see more very soon. Um, uh, Next up another Xbox related story. This comes by way of the halo infinite campaign trailer. We finally got some more. Uh, Another look at the reveal trailer of Halo Infinite. Um, This is no story or anything like that. This is just straight from the trailer that got released. It was released very last minute uh, by listening to some other people within the games industry uh, and noticing this was announced that this was going to happen Sunday night going into Monday. And a lot of people who are up, who are really with the thumb on the button regarding Xbox stuff. Everyone was like, this is weird. Why would they do this? And. So the trailer came out and uh, we got to see some stuff and uh, I have some thoughts regarding this. So regarding the trailer, we get to see an overview map showing off objectives that are going on within this new open world game of Halo Infinite. Uh, Master Chief has an upgrade system, which is really weird to look at. Um, you can spawn vehicles from particular locations. They literally it's it's almost I'm trying to think of it's almost like um. Think of like you're responding somebody from Apex Legends. Like a ship will come down, and then it'll just drop the vehicle right in front of you. Okay. Um, there's open world strongholds to be taken down, so you will find encampments that you can take over and then claim as your own. And then um, we get some, we get to see some very light story details. Very, very light. There's barely anything really being shown. I think that's probably for the good. Not to say that the story's not good, but you want to keep your fans in the dark. You don't want to give them everything right now because. You really got to knock it out with this one. And then um, some new enemies that we got to see were the skimmers. They're like a jetpack flying enemy. We got to see a Spartan killer called Jega Rodome. And then um, Craig, the biggest meme that came out from last year, has had a true glow up. Oh, my God. Like, when you see that image from before, I don't understand who saw that. And they're like, this is okay. But thank God they turned that around. Like, I know for the fact, the moment that that happened, Phil Spencer was like, get three guys on that pronto, fix that up. Mm -hmm. And then um, lastly, oh, you know, I'm going to erase this part. At the moment, I said the trailer didn't even hit a million views, but um, I was looking on the Xbox or not my Xbox. I was looking on the Microsoft YouTube channel on the Xbox channel. It was at like two million views. So I thought that I thought that was an interesting point to make just because of the fact that on other things like on PlayStation day one, they show something million views within a couple hours. But I was wrong. Just a different kind of thing. But starting off, I do want to say this trailer makes it feel like this is Halo meets Far Cry. And um, look, I'll just let it be known. I've not played all the Halo games. I've played like half of Halo 1. I've played all of Halo Reach, which is weird. (laughs) I know I'm all over the place. And uh, very little, and and just I played multiplayer Halo from Mm -hmm. all the games because my cousins were the ones who had them. So I would just jump in and play multiplayer with them. That's my small limited knowledge that I have about Halo. So but I do know that Halo is not like Far Cry. It is very linear and just go to this point, to this point, to this point to just keep moving on the story. This looks very different. I will say I'm excited. It's kind of weird that you can upgrade Master Chief and you take over Strongholds. It's just very Far Cry. It's different, but... Mm -hmm. I guess to me it doesn't bother me because I don't have this strong affinity to the past. And I'm like, hey, this is just a new game. I'll jump in. It's I have Game Pass, so why not? Might as well jump in. But uh Adam, I know you have much more of a background with Halo than I do. And I I think anyways, Maybe. let me know what do you think of the tra- let me know what you think of the trailer.
1: <laughs> I I don't know. I didn't I watched most of it. I wasn't not that I wasn't being super analytical or critical when I was watching it. I think I I told you, I was like, yeah, it looks like more Halo. Um, hopefully, it's really good. I was much more excited because when I saw the multiplayer uh, trailer, like with, with the story, it's kind of hard to know. Like, I don't know. Um, is the story going to be good? Who knows? Totally. You have to actually play yeah. the game to find out. Obviously, we've known that they're kind of going over by more open world style um campaign it's not like oh you just load up the next mission and then you play the mission and you're only and you're confined to that mission until you finish that mission uh right right? so it's it's going away with that from that which i think is great obviously um i think other games have transitioned that way or games that kind of still have a linear story but let you have the freedom work well obviously i think of god of war 2018 like for the most part, that story-wise, it's pretty linear, but there is a lot of exploration and kind of lets you like switch over to different um, stuff as you're going along. Obviously, most of the open-world games function that way. And so the fact that they're operating on a more open-world, like style level, it could be really good. Yeah. It could yeah. not be fun. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, yeah. We just don't know. We don't know. Um, I, I think the people that would, probably have a better sense of it are the people who have played all the games and, you know, really tracked to that stuff very well I've played. I've probably played through the campaign of one and two at some point before. And, you know, I've played some multiplayer, but I, ha- I haven't done a ton. Oh, and I played most of halo five campaign too, but I haven't done a ton oh. of outside of that.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, uh, those who are watching that are new to this channel, obviously you can tell we are not the biggest Halo fans. Are like we don't have that much of a lineage experience. with Halo. But yeah experience. Thank you. But I, I am overall excited. I, I'm excited for, for multiplayer, honestly, more so than than mm-hmm. than the campaign, just because of the fact that the multiplayer, based off of what everyone's been saying regarding these playtests, it's very promising. So I'm yeah. I'm excited for multiplayer. Look, it's on Game Pass. And that's the that's the benefit of Game Pass, is like it's there, why not? You know? Especially the fact like right now uh forza horizon 5 is coming out soon and i just was, i got reminded of that and i was like oh i'm not gonna buy that because i'm just you know and then i thought oh it's on, game, it's on pass. game pass well perfect dude like it's been getting it's like getting tens like that's yeah a perfect yeah it has so, been
1: yeah
0: so i mean i'm excited and i'm excited for halo we'll see what what comes of it in the future so uh just stick here and uh see what we have to say in regards to halo when it comes out Moving on to our last story of the show, guys. We got the PlayStation State of Play. And this is all coming from the PlayStation blog. Adam, before we go in, I had no expectations. I had zero expectations regarding this show. Did you?
1: Yeah, I I had zero expectations regarding the show.
0: Go. I, I think the fact that the last show that we got was more of a deeper dive regarding games and stuff like that. I think PlayStation has truly made a point that anything that's a state of play on it do not go in with that much expectations. And I think that's good because when they did the PlayStation, what was it called? The showcase, PlayStation showcase? Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. completely different than state of play. And I think that's smart of them. And I'm glad because when the state of play was announced, I didn't even see it right away. I waited till I got home and then I checked it out. So as someone who's a big, I'm a big PlayStation fan. This is a lot. So, they showed a couple of games. I'm not going to go through all the descriptions on them, but I will say this is what they showed in this order. They showed Death First, Let It Die, uh, We Are OFK, Buck Snacks, The Iowa Big Snacks DLC, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, Death's Door, Cart Rider Drift, King of Fighters 15, First Class Trouble, Star Ocean, The Divine Force, and lastly, Little Devil Inside. Adam, I don't want to talk about all these games because honestly, not all of them spoke to me. I'm sure not all of them spoke to you. I want to start with you, Dom. Which ones did speak to you that, from the state of play?
1: The main one, maybe the only one, is Death Store. I, you know, really? since I, saw, yeah, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah, yeah. Since uh, since I first saw the announcement trailer or the first, I think it was during, um, was it Microsoft Showcase during E3? E3? I think it was yeah. Microsoft. I was like, oh my gosh, that game looks awesome. This is totally. such an Atom game. I'm totally going to get it right away. And I'm like, oh, it's only coming to Xbox. I mean, yeah. I have my Xbox One, but I don't play it. <laughs> and I really love this on Switch because it's portable or on PlayStation totally. for the trophies. I'm like, oh, totally. I don't know how long I can wait. Surely it's a, you know, a, a launch exclusive, but just like for limited yeah. you know. And it was only like a 2 month, 3 month exclusive. I'm like, know, "Yes, right? that is such a short exclusive <laughs> uh exclusivity window." I'm like, "Ah, yeah. oh, I'm so glad." But now now I have to make the decision of uh to get it on Switch or um or on PlayStation because that's the kind of totally. game I'd love to have on the Switch uh, and be portable. Totally. So so we'll see. I did think We are OFK looks really cool. I don't yes, play I a lot of those types of games, but I appreciate them from afar. And I think that game is totally. really cool. So,
0: Totally. In regards to the state of play as a whole, I agree with you. Death story is interesting. I'm not going to speak much on it because I have an Xbox. I was actually thinking about getting it for Xbox. The fact that it's coming to PlayStation um, means, if anything, if I had to choose between the two. I'm choosing PlayStation, but now I'm, I'm, st- I'm still struggling with the fact Do I want to wait for the switch just cause it just makes sense for the switch. You know, um, regarding we are OFK, I dug this trailer. Mm-hmm. I think it was very fourth wall breaking. Yeah. And uh, what, was, what was up? What was no, up?
1: just you keep going. You, you, you get to yeah. say it. You get to say it. That's so fun.
0: <laughs> the, uh, the, I will say this is what the description is. It says, Indie pop band OFK teams up with co-designer of Hyperlight Drifter for a new five-episode music biopic series. What I like about this is the fact that, one, it's very indie. Super, Mm -hmm. super indie. I think just right off the bat, the voice acting was Mm -hmm. awesome. It felt so natural. And then on top of all that, it's almost like this is like a teen drama kind of show. And they're releasing an album the same day that this drops alongside Mm -hmm. this. So... It just feels so. It feels. It feels cool in the fact that you're getting Mm -hmm. it in different mediums, you know. Yeah. So, it's It's a real band. They're really dropping an album, but they've also developed a video game, and you will be playing through moments that are like music videos in the game. So that is honestly, out of all of them, I agree with you. Uh, I think we are ofk though was like my my hypest thing.
1: Um, Yeah. It just so. started out so great. Uh it had so much humor. The guy's like in the VO booth, and he's like, War, war sucks. And I'm just like, yeah. that's the fallout <laughs> reference. That's yeah. so cool. And then yeah. Totally. yeah and yeah, it had, it had me hooked from that point. But yeah. I think
0: the last one that 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 totally had me engrossed, I'm still not sure yet, is Little Devil Inside. We saw this. Last yeah. year at the at the announcement for the PlayStation Five, yeah, uh, the description is: get an extended look at this Victorian-like era action adventure, showcasing gameplay and its intriguing miniature-like world map. I will say, everyone, go check this out if you have the chance. The only reason why is because it, there's the gameplay looks so rad. I love the art style. I don't like the whole world map. In mm-hmm. like, there's like three stages of of, of playing it. There is the world map, which is like the up top view, and it looks like a tilt shift, almost like um the links uh what's that link game? Uh, links Awakening that was remastered for the Switch. Yeah, it looks almost like that from the top top down view for the world map, and then there's a third level that zooms in, and it's like little miniature toys that move around, and then you zoom in one more time, and then that's where you actually get like the high res like looking gameplay. That part looks cool. Everything else though, I'm kind of like. I'm not sure about this. I don't know how all this is going to flow together, but we'll have to wait and see till that comes out. So, um, yeah, for sure. uh, That's all that I had to say in regards to that. Adam, you have anything else in regards to the state of play?
1: I do. I do. I think I think we really should ask. There was something that we didn't know was missing from the showcase. But after today, I'm like, why wasn't this game at the showcase? What's Why up? wasn't Elden Ring there? Like I, you know, oh, is FromSoft just like big enough where they're like, we're going to do our own thing? And I'm just like, if surely if PlayStation knew that they almost had a, you know, that trailer ready, surely Sony should have tried to get that included in their state of play. Like, I don't know if that means that it's just like FromSoftware's is not favoring any uh, publisher more than another, um, or I guess platform. More than another are are they just like I said big enough and have their own dedicated fan base where you know they they know that they're going to get their stuff looked at. But I'm just like in Darn. hindsight, I'm like these things were a week apart. Why weren't why didn't Sony get this in here somehow? I don't know. I will
0: say that I think if you I think if you put Elden Ring like the gameplay reveal trailer in this showcase, it would stand out amongst all of them. Yeah, and just by looking at it, all of these are, not all of them are indies because King of Fighters is definitely not an indie. Um Star Ocean is not an indie, but I think it would have stood out way too much. And I think if Fair. if PlayStation would have done that, I think they would think to themselves, okay, if we do this, I'm pretty sure from every state of play, they might expect something like Elden Ring to show up. So uh, to an extent, yeah. it kind of, to an extent, I actually appreciate the fact that th- if if that was on the table, I appreciate the fact that they didn't allow that because then it, it's, it continues to sure. let me know that every state of play will not be like that. Okay, so, expectation a setting.
1: Yeah. That's what Nintendo has yeah. been yeah. doing, you know, with being, and I think that's what Sony has been doing too. So makes sense. Totally.
0: Totally. totally. <sighs> Adam going in and uh, finishing off the rest of the show. Let's talk about what games have we have been playing? And I want to start with you. What All have right. you been playing, Adam?
1: Uh, so I've obviously I've still been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. That game continues to be really great. While as I've mentioned before, I think there's some problems that hold the game back yeah. a little bit, but hopefully are stuff that can get buffed out for the sequel. What I've started and basically a hundred percent it since our last podcast was Steamworld Dig, Crazy. Dig Two. Uh, yeah. yeah, which is a phenomenal game. I've I've known that people have considered it a phenomenal game for a long time. Obviously, yeah. the entire time the Switch has been around, that game has been, you know, had it praises sung from like a lot of the people I look up to in the industry and, and kind of who cover games. And so I've known that's a game I should try. You know, it's I guess we would say I hate using the word, but it is a Metroidvania, right? So it is. Kind of a lot of exploration base. I think it's a little bit more linear than some other Mm. Metroidvanias are. So I think it's actually more approachable um, in terms of games in the genre. And I, I would almost say this is like as close to perfect the game can get. Wow. Obviously, it's not as huge of scope a game as something like God of War. So I think you know when you (laughs) kind of have a smaller bite size you know chunk of game it's easier to kind of really polish and make it do the thing it's supposed to do um obviously i think um games like uh Gris are kind of in that category too uh you know the shorter experiences that can kind of really be in and out this game is longer than that but it's so good it's got a lot of great exploration i i i, I I don't know if I guess for people who've never heard of this game before you're this little robot and it's very cute art style and you're, you know, uh, able to basically dig pathways um, and into the ground to get to different areas that you're looking for. So there's like in that sense, it's kind of like Minecraft where you're digging down. um, There's some pockets of stuff that's already opened up. You find different things that are down there. You collect resources, which then you have to take back up to the surface to sell and then you use that to upgrade your equipment and stuff like that and there's a lot of collectibles that you use to um kind of like almost like the Hollow Knight system in terms of like equipping and re-equipping so you like move basically your your uh resources for your kind of modifications around so you can constantly swap out what you're using which is a lot of fun to do okay. by the end of the game if you have all the modifications you you've basically broken the game and and that was so fun <laughs> cuz you start out moving fairly slow and it is a bit of a grind in terms of like i i feel like i am having to dig through the earth to get where i'm going but then it's like later on you just dig so fast and you have like packs and like you're exploding a bunch of stuff and you're just going so fast and it's (laughs) wonderful um so it was an amazing game if you i guess i assume it's on other platforms but if you have a switch you should play it uh it totally probably get really cheap and it's a fun game it's great yeah yeah. I've heard
0: amazing things about Steam World Dig 2. Uh, I do want to know, Adam. How would you compare it to Hollow Knight? Which one is better to you?
1: They're so different. They're so okay, different. Really? Hollow okay. Hollow Knight is so much more about um Hollow Knight has so much of like Dark Souls in it, to me, totally. that it's a completely different game. SteamWorld okay. Dig 2 has very few boss battles, and, and it's not about the bosses in any means um and and you're carving out your own pathways through the ground so that's a very unique element to it um but hollow knight is a lot more like traditional metroidvanias and it is a lot of interconnecting areas and it is a lot less linear than uh steamworld dig 2 is so they're very very different they're, okay. I will say they're very similar in the fact that they have a very defined art style that's just not pixel art, which is a lot mm. of uh, Metroidvanias can fall into that category, especially like from the indie totally. standpoint. But obviously, um, obviously, Hollow Knight is this beautiful, ha- like hand drawn looking kind of art oh, style. Yeah. And SeamWorld, I don't know how I would describe it. Um, it's not really, is it like flash animation? Show. I don't know. Maybe that's a good. Maybe that's a good way to say it. it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it's very cool. Okay. If you just look up SteamWorld Dig 2, uh, I haven't played the first one. I think everyone considers the second one to be better than the first one. And, and no aspect do you need to know the story, I think, of the first one. Uh, it kind of fills in the gaps here and there enough for you to cool. get by. So
0: cool, cool. I see that you're playing Crash Bandicoot 4 it's about time on switch. I hope you playing on switch because there was a sale on it because Adam, <laughs> that game is on the PlayStation five with an upgrade for PlayStation five.
1: Yeah, I, I know it is, but that that's the kind of game I, I don't want to like sit on the couch and like play on the TV. Like when I can play it portably. It's understandable. Um, yeah. and so it's like, if, if it's a game, I know I really just prefer to only play portably. I will still get on switch because you know, switch screen is bigger than, uh my phone screen with a backbone and then there's not the internet yeah. slowdown uh here and there and yeah. like connection problems. So uh in fact even playing Steamworld Dig 2 this past two weeks, I was like, I love playing games on my Switch. This is great. I want to switch OLED. <laughs> Let's go, baby. And yeah. So but blows
0: I, me away that you want that.
1: I I will say that the and I and I'm know that i should expect this but i will say that the switch uh version of crash 4 is a little disappointing in terms of Oh, really it it's just like obviously you're not going to get as good of a frame rate or as good of a resolution as playstation but i didn't cool. think it would be so noticeable um uh, i guess i had some just expectations after pay, playing like crash bandicoot insane trilogy on switch and uh-huh. playing Spyro Reignited trilogy on Switch. Um, it, it was kind of like, I don't know, I kind of forgot that I'm like, oh yeah, those were, you know, remaster remakes. So it's like it's it's much yeah. more likely that they're kind of going to be closer to the Switch's like performance starting point. Uh and, totally. and Crash Wars is just not there. It's the drop in resolution is very noticeable. Mm. The frame rate of, is like 30, you know, FPS and I can, I can handle that. But honestly, the, the, the resolution is the thing. That's the bigger issue for me.
0: You were even able to tell like the resolution drop through handheld.
1: Oh yeah. Actually. Um, wow. The the resolution is worse on handheld than it is on, on the, uh, on the dock because you get, you get a little bit of performance boost um, yeah. with the dock. So yeah. Wow.
0: That is <laughs> That's sad. That's a little sad. Yeah. The game
1: is I I liked
0: I yeah. liked Crash Bandicoot 4. Uh, but I mean Hey. I, I mean, I, I agree with you though that Crash Bandicoot is the kind of game that does belong on a handheld. Yeah. You don't really need you don't I you don't need to play that game on four K sixty frames per second on a PlayStation no. You don't need to no. do that.
1: No. So. I, I, I will say, going back a little bit, um I will I will probably wait until there are some reviews out for death's door on switch. And I I really want to make sure like I would prefer to play it on switch, but if the performance is too bad compared to PlayStation five, I'll just get on PlayStation. So
0: true, 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 true. Um, For me, I have completed death stranding. Finally, I am. It was a long couple of weeks as I was playing death stranding. I, was so enthralled with the game. And at the point of when I was like, this is the end. I know I'm close to the end of this game. Mm-hmm. I finished the game at four o'clock in the morning. Vanessa texts me like at two. She was like, are you almost done? I was like, the, the, the credits are rolling. I, I'm almost done. I should know. It's Hideo Kojima. It's never done when the credits roll, man. Oh. He has two credit rolls in the game. And I got done at four o'clock in the morning. But with all that being said, I, I'm so blown away by this game, man. It is one of those games that is, I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's perfect. It's not a perfect game whatsoever. The story could be a little confusing at times. I will say for me personally, with my experience, as you went on with the story, I completely understood a lot of the stuff that was really, really confusing at the beginning. And even maybe halfway through the game at times as well. Things become more explained. Things become more realized and things like that. I think you get to see closer to the end of the game that Hideo Kojima is just it is really just having fun with it at times. And I man, I, I, it's just one of those things where, with just finishing Red Dead Redemption Two, with that being such a, a monumental game for me because it was so good, I, I this game sits at that to that point for me as well because. Mm-hmm. I Kojima does such a great job marrying both gameplay and music together. Like they go hand in hand. Yeah in the moments where you are so frustrated and you were literally trying to get through like the mud of trying to get away from BTs and survive. And then you come to this clearing and the clouds part and you just see a walkway and you're like, that's where I need to go. And you start walking and then low roar starts playing and i'm like every single time i get goosebumps i i literally get emotional because i'm like you cannot do this in any form of medium other than video games like hideo kojima knows i'm making a video game i'm going to use this platform to the best of my ability with everything that i got Mm -hmm. and you can in movies play scenes out and play music in the background and get emotional i totally got that but never once in a video game do you have a moment where you see an open valley that looks so beautiful and you start walking down and you're just Sam just walking down with all these packages and this music plays the camera pans out and you're just overwhelmed by this scene and they really knocked it out of the park man and especially when you know I was done and I literally was reflecting on the game for a couple days and on, on top of all that I got the Hideo Kojima book that yeah. just came out uh the creative gene so i've been yeah. reading that and just i've been so engulfed in everything Hideo kojima and i've just been thinking to myself like man i remember when in 2015 the whole thing with konami went down in the fall when they had that that last like that quick video that went up with andrew house uh alongside of um kojima Announcing that they're partnering. And then from the lead up from that point on to 2016 E3, Kojima taking pictures going all over the world to all these different studios. I'm with Neil Druckmann. I'm yeah. with Corey Barlog. I'm with Herman Holes. Like he's like, I'm looking for the next technology. I'm looking for the next engine for my game. And then when 2016 hit and that E3, I I tell I say Go back and watch 2016 to E3. It's so good. And you see Adele Kojima walking down the stage. And he's like, I'm back. The crowd goes crazy. And I have something to show you. And it's the first. It's a scene from Death Stranding. And everyone's going crazy. And just the history of the fact that this game got done so quickly. And I think what shows is not everyone has the ability that, like, I'm pretty sure Sony went up to him and say, hey, let's do this partnership. Let's get this game out. Within three years, can we do that? Three years or three to four years. And he starts a year later. He finally gets the engine in 2016. It starts from that point, Mm -hmm. gets the game done in three years. In three years, he gets the game done. And I think this game shows how much of a master of the craft that Hideo Kojima was like, these are my limitations. This is the kind of story I could come up with that can fit those limitations. Boom. Let's get right on it. And no one would ever think, hey, let's make a game about you being a delivery guy, delivering packages. Like, who would think that's fun? And I know for some, it's going to be boring. I've spoken to a lot of people who I keep saying, hey, you got to play this game. And all of them are like, it was boring. And I'm like, I get that. But but to the few that do love it and to the few that are like, this is art. And you crafted this story and you got these great actors to be behind you. And I know that Norman Reedus' character is kind of like very one note all the entire time. And then it comes to a moment where three quarters into the game, something's revealed and you're like, that explains so much why your character's like this, you know? And it's it's so good. So without me continuing to just gush over mm-hmm. Death Stranding as a whole, I gotta say, Death Stranding, so great. Uh I mean it's we're in 2021. It's my game of the year right now. <laughs> and it yeah. was game of the year. It was it was a nominations in 2019. Yeah. Or yeah, it was for 2019. So it's I love the game. The game is really, really cool. And um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm so happy that I finally got to beat it, play it. And the moment I was done, and this is my end for Death Stranding. The moment I was done, I kept thinking about the game. I was like, I just want to keep going and making more trips and more deliveries. But I literally told myself, like, no, this is the moment where you delete the game and don't play it because you want to leave the game knowing that I wanted to play more. And this is how I'm leaving it off. And that's it. So hmm. I deleted it. I, I won't ever play it again, probably, because that's just how I am. I've I've tried playing The Last of Us One multiple times. I can't just because of the fact that I just don't want to. I don't want to oversaturate it. So loved it. Loved Death Stranding. It was such a good game. So uh there's that. And yeah. to finish out the rest of what I've been playing, I was playing some Moon Bay. Is an indie game on the Xbox Series X. It's on Game Pass, Game Pass PC, and Game Pass console as well as cloud. And um, Moon Glow Bay is literally just a simple fishing game that you just go fish, create your own little street food cart, sell food, what? cook the food. Dude, it is so fun, oh, and I, nice. I I love it. it yeah. It's so literally from going from Death Stranding to moonglow Bay are night and day. But it's one of those things where it almost reminds me of um uh, oh my goodness it starts with an S uh, Stardew Valley yeah it kind of reminds me of Stardew Valley which is all about farming, but this is just fishing and cooking. And I didn't know how deep it would go. I personally, in real life, I enjoy fishing. I like fishing. And um, I love the fact that you go, you choose the lures, you choose your bait, and you only got three lures, three baits that you can choose from. And then you can even drop like baskets to catch lobsters. And then when you want to cook, you go into your kitchen and then you have to go to the, choose the recipe that you want to make, go to the fridge, get your ingredients, Wash them, do these button prompts, chop them up, do these button props, fry them, or boil them, or do whatever. It's simple. It's so simple, but just relaxing. So, I've really been enjoying Moonglow Bay. Eh? Good. If anyone has the ability to play it, it's on Game Pass. Check it out. I think it's worth checking it out to see. Maybe oh, it's those. It's the kind of game that I know I won't play every single day, but I'll go back to it whenever I'm like, I just want to chill for a second. You know? Yeah. So, I love that game. Next... I kind of want to talk about Austria Ascending real quick, and the reason why is because I actually didn't play this game, and I wanted to kind of discuss this real fast because
1: you I didn't? saw. What you I did didn't it? play it?
0: Okay, I did it, and here's the here's where I'm going with with this. Okay, it was when I was done with Death Training, I was like, "Hey, I got this Xbox. I got to play some games on it." So I downloaded Moon Bay, downloaded Scarlet Six, Scarlet Nexus, and Austria Ascending. So I just. Downloaded Austria Sending because it looked cool based off of the front cover. Downloaded it the moment I launched the game. I noticed it was that flash animation style to where like you get a you get uh, you get an artist to draw the character and then you just stretch the character to move like as oh, if they're moving. Okay. And so it doesn't feel like they drew every animation. They just through the computer stretched the movements to make them look like they're moving. I saw that. And I heard a little bit of the acting in it, and then I deleted it. And after I did that, I'm not kidding. I literally sat on my chair for a second. I was like, "Man, that kind of sucks." <laughs> because if I made that game, I would hate to, to know that, you know? Yeah. And in my mind, I thought to myself, "You know what? I can't do that." And I've never been a fan of of flash animation. Like when you watch like early PBS cartoons and they were all hand-drawn and then somewhere in the mid 2000s everything switched to flash animation because it was much cheaper and quicker to make more episodes of those of those shows you know it was something of that moment where it just looked low cost but i will say when i was looking at the game the artwork is beautiful like i can't deny that the artwork is beautiful Mm -hmm. the voice acting there was voice acting for everything like it wasn't just speech bubbles and then you just read it there's the voice acting for every piece of speech bubble. And so I, I told myself, and I'm not, I'm not going to play it right away right now, but I told myself, look, do not judge a game that way. For all I know, I can jump in and it could be my game of the year. So I just wanted to bring it up and just kind of confess like that's what I did, but I'm going to go back and play it to make sure that I actually give it the, ni- the time of day to f- judge it the right way. And then if I don't like it within like the first hour or two, then I will move on from then. So I just let that be known. And then lastly is Scarlet Nexus. And all I will say is this is an anime game as much as an anime game can be. And I love it. This is what I needed. It it is what I, I hate the fact that I cannot have Japanese voice acting on while playing a game, because if I'm so busy playing, I can't play focus and read subtitles at the same time. It's so difficult. And I don't have a problem with that with animes or movies or anything like that. Just with gaming, you just have so much focus going on. So I unfortunately had to post go to the voice acting of the English voice acting, but it wasn't bad. It is as mu- it is as good as anime English voice acting is. And so I've been playing it. It's so anime. It's so crazy. The action is actually pretty fun. It's a bun and mash kind of game with some combos here and there, but by chaining different attacks together and working with your team to attack. And so... I just started it. I'm about like two hours in the one gripe that I have about it is that the, the game's clock does not stop. If you leave the game suspended. So I completely, I, I left the game. I came back and it said 11 hours. I was like, no dude, it's only been an hour of me playing. So I'm not even going to know how long it took me to play this game to be quite honest. So um, is
1: that, is that uh true with like quick resume too? It, it shouldn't be with yes. quick resume, right? It does.
0: It is. It keeps going, what it just kept going, yeah, I don't understand how that happened, but it just kept going. That's how I had it. is it was just on a quick resume for me,
1: mm, that seems weird, yeah, okay. I,
0: I don't know if it's running based off of the clock regarding the console itself, but I don't know, but anyways, yeah that's that's everything that we've been playing, and uh, what's up, Adam, you have anything else before we leave?
1: I will say, I have not given up on death stranding yet. I think you plan to go back at some point.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing that for me. I don't know. That's just so you can know you're doing that for me. That's what you are doing.
1: No, uh, I I honestly like the as you said, those moments that are like the you've done this traversal and it's been difficult and then you come over and just like the moment of ease and the music fades in those moments in the game hit. And like I am going back because of those and to see what else in the game. hits like that.
0: But totally. Yeah. Totally, and I will say that I mean last. I mean I can keep talking about Death Stranding, sure. but I love how this one band, Low Roar, how Kojima he went to I believe Poland to just scope out the area because that's where the game is all based off of. He was in a music shop, heard the music from Low Roar playing in the speakers, asked the guy at the counter, "Whoa, who's that?" And he said, "It's Low Roar," and because of that their music is in the entire game. They were literally not a big band. They were just a local yeah. band. Boom. Became million listens on Spotify. So yeah. after I was done with the game, I literally list, have been listening to the soundtrack of Death Stranding on loop. It is real. If you like indie music and soft, you know, chill music, low roar is all over that album. Check it out. It is so good. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the messages in the songs and connecting with the story. It's really, really cool. So anyways, Those who have been watching, those who have been listening, thank you for joining us here for this XP Podcast Level 22. If you enjoyed what you listened on the YouTube channel, give the thumbs up button and let us know in the comments what you think about all the stories that we talked about today. And for those who are listening on Spotify and even on YouTube, the prompt today is, what are your thoughts on the Elden Ring gameplay trailer? Are you excited? Are you convinced? Are you going to be getting it day one? Let us know in the comments and um, all of our social Links will be in the show notes. And uh, guys, thank you for joining us yet again on Mm -hmm. this gaming podcast. Share this with your friends. Share it, share it, share it, share it, share it. And uh, stay tuned for some more content coming your way very soon. So till next time, peace out.
1: See ya.